Hello there, Alaskans, wherever you are. Welcome to the Must Read Alaska Show, coming to you from somewhere in Alaska. This is the place where we talk about, you guessed it, Alaska, where we keep the mainstream media on their toes and where we are standing up for what's right and a world run by leftists. You can find out more by heading over to mustreadalaska.com and also checking out the Must Read Alaska YouTube channel for some really great content. But first, let's get this party started. Thank you, Scott, and welcome aboard, everyone, to the Must Read Alaska show, coming to you from somewhere in Alaska. So I'm Suzanne Downing. As you know, my co-host is John Quick on the other mic. Scott is on the soundboard, and you can hear him on the Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday edition of the Must Read Alaska show, and he's hosting that, and I jump in on Thursdays and help him out. And in fact, we, we did one on Friday. That was amazing. We did a, a great podcast on the uh, Kyle Rittenhouse uh, verdict, and that went really well. Uh, John, you're there on the Kenai Peninsula in beautiful Nikiski. Tell us what's going on on the Kenai Peninsula. Well, thanks so much, Suzanne. John Quick here, living the dream on the Kenai Peninsula. And uh, two things that are uh, very interesting that, have, that are happening on the peninsula. Um, uh, Congressman Don Young is running for re-election. He is a living legend. He, um, he has done a lot for Alaska, uh, but he's running again uh, for the umpteenth time. And uh, we did an article recently about uh, him being the sixth most tenure congressman in U.S. history, which is a big deal. And Mayor Charlie Pierce, who does not hold back any punches and calls it like it is, wrote this uh, about Don Young running again. He said, Charlie Pierce said, uh, we need leadership today more than ever than before. It's not getting easier to live. Everything is costing more. Inflation will break the backs of hardworking Americans, and you'll never hear, and we never hear about solutions. Don, you should be stomping mad, and yet you see no urgency from any of our leaders in Washington. I'm tired of waiting for Alaskans to see the best days of Alaska. Please retire, Congressman Don Young. Wow. And, uh, you know, uh, it's uh, quite the statement from the mayor, and... Uh, uh, we'll see if people agree or disagree when elections come up, but regardless, it's quite the bold statement. And uh, uh, the other thing that I think is exciting for uh, the Kenai Peninsula, if those of you who have uh, seen uh, Suzanne's interview with uh, Senator Dan Sullivan, he mentioned in that interview that uh, there was a potential earmark, or there is an earmark, for $18 billion dollars in federally backed loans for the AK LNG project. Um, it was you know, one of the line items of the 2000 page document. And this is the first I've ever heard about it coming from our Senator. And I think folks on the Kenai Peninsula are excited to hear you know, what the details of that is because that's a huge project for the state of Alaska. Uh, it, say, you know, it could save the economy in Alaska uh, and the list goes on, especially with gas prices the way they are now, natural gas prices. Well, especially when you get a loan guarantee like that, it actually makes that project more feasible. And thank goodness that we didn't have Bill Walker as our former governor working so hard to give away that entire project to the Chinese man. He was working hard with the, the Bank of China, 
Sinopec, all these Chinese entities, every entity that he was working with was Chinese yeah. to get that gas line built. And thank goodness we were able to sort of, as a state, stop him in his tracks. And he's trying to get back on the horse, but we'll see what happens there. Now, in terms of the other one with, with uh, Charlie Pierce coming out with a very bold statement to telling Don Young to retire, and that's got to hurt Don Young. I mean, that that is a, a conservative leader in the state. A lot of people have said Charlie should run for governor, and I know he's not going to, but he's, he's probably got some other things in mind at the end of his term. But quite honestly, uh, we do need both of those guys. Uh, we need Nick Begich. We need Don Young on the ballot. This is ranked choice voting. I don't think we'll want to totally discourage John, Don Young from being on that ballot because, uh, well, we've got to make sure a conservative of some brand wins. And, and Don Young may not be the, the most conservative candidate we might all want, but he is one who knows how to get things done and get reelected. So it's really interesting. I hope that uh, I hope that Don Young makes a good decision here. And I, I think probably the good decision is to probably stay in the race for now. It'll be a but, race yeah. at least worth watch to be worth yeah. watching because <laughs> the, we're going to have the old guard against the new up and coming the young candidate. Turks and and uh, you know don't uh, uh, think for a moment that Nick Begich doesn't have some tricks up his sleeve he you know this is not his first rodeo he was the campaign chair the some I think he was the campaign chair for Don Young's yeah. last campaign co-chair co-chair and and obviously his family's in politics and he's a conservative and he's a sharp person and uh, he's in it to win it. So it'll be an interesting race to watch. It'll be an interesting race to watch. Now, we have a really special guest today. I don't want to waste any more time before we get to her because this is a, a super close friend of mine and of Must Read Alaska. It's a, a very well-known person in Alaska, Bernadette Wilson, who is the new state director for America's Prosperity Alaska. And welcome, Bernadette, to the Must Read Alaska show. And congratulations on taking on one of the most successful grassroots organizations in, in the history of our country, I'm so happy that you're on our show today. It is phenomenal what Americans for Prosperity has done around the country and the opportunity that exists here in Alaska using Americans for Prosperity as a vehicle. I am so thrilled to be with you, Suzanne, John. It's always great to be with you guys. This is my first time that I get to do um, this podcast with you. So I am just elated. Yes, and this won't be the last time, I'm sure, because uh, there's a lot of, uh, you know, we, we're, we're not really all about this intersectionality stuff that they talk about out there on the on the um, social justice thing, but there's a lot of places that we intersect with Americans for Prosperity and the conservative uh, mission of Must Read Alaska to support smaller government, more private sector freedoms, and more personal liberty. I think we're kind of on the same page on these things. But so you you were just named the uh, the state director for AFP Alaska, and so you've kind of gone through the process of getting on board with that organization and going back and meeting all the high and mighties back in D.C. I'm sure you probably got a chance to meet with Dan Sullivan and Don Young recently, and Lisa Murkowski as well. But, uh, but tell us a little bit about some of the really well-known things that a AFP has done nationally lately, because I, I know you've got something to tell us about. Yeah. So, you know, when you look at Americans for Prosperity, they are the very um, essence of what it means to be able to affect your government as an individual, right? To be able to have a very immediate effect on your government, um, no matter what what role you are in or what your job title is, you, you know, whatever whatever it is. Um, and so when you look at Americans for Prosperity, I mean, Suzanne, most recently, 
you can look at the Yunkin race. Americans for Prosperity put more people on the ground, door knocking, um, than even the the Yunkin campaign or the the Republican Party themselves. So that's a pretty phenomenal accomplishment when when you look at that. I mean. There are races across the country where Americans for Prosperity, whether it's a legislative race, a congressional race, maybe it's a particular uh, piece of legislation, either on a federal level or on a state level, where Americans for Prosperity has, has a huge impact, huge impact with getting people to get out and affect that particular piece of legislation or to be able to affect that particular um, elected leader, it, whatever that, that stage of government is. Like I said, maybe it's a state legislature, maybe it's in Congress, maybe it's your governor. And so um, AFP, is the, as their acronym is, has really taken this model and in other states used it to advance huge accomplishments. I mean, you can look in Arizona's one, just had a, a huge success. I'm um, reducing the income tax there. And that was Americans for Prosperity who really took that, um, went hard charging and was able to get people involved, like I said, at, at all levels, regardless of what you do. It's kind of the, you know, it, it is the belief, not kind of, it is the belief that the, the power rests with the individual, right? The power does not rest with Congress. It doesn't rest with those you elected. It, it really rests with the individual and the individual's ability to come together with other individuals in that community and to work for whatever is in the best interest of that community. Um, you, you know, Kansas is, was one that really caught my attention. In Kansas, Americans for Prosperity got involved in 33 legislative races. They won 27 of them. 27 of 33 legislative races uh, was pretty phenomenal. And so That's they- That's amazing. That's pretty It awesome. is amazing. Yeah, so you have all of these victories that, like I said, whether it was how they changed the makeup of their legislature, whether it was, um, you know, the governor's race, as in the case with Yunkin there in Virginia, if it's pieces of legislation, you know, uh, AFP advocated very hard for the confirmation of both Brett Kavanaugh and Amy Comey Barrett. And of course, we saw great success there with both of those names um, ultimately getting confirmed. And so the potential that Americans for Prosperity has here in Alaska is so big right now. And I'm so excited, as so many people in Alaska know, I've been involved in numerous campaigns, ballot measures, um, trying to get this state going in the right direction. And I really, really and truly believe that Americans for Prosperity is going to be um, an excellent vehicle for us to kind of help drive the change that we have all been looking for here in the state of Alaska and get us back on track. Yeah, and, and that's and then you raise a good point because I think I met you first when you were working on the parental choice uh, ballot initiative, which you won. And most recently you were um, one of the sort of the people who got Dave Bronson to run for mayor. You, I know you weren't involved too deeply in the campaign, but you were certainly supportive of him and, and consulted with him on certain things during the campaign. Um, and you've had a number of great successes, but now you've got a great platform and Americans for Prosperity nationally has a lot of money that they can spend in Alaska on some things that are important. So do you see um, that you might have the ability to get involved in legislative races uh, in this coming cycle? Absolutely. I, I will tell you, I think you're going to see us get involved in legislative races. Um, 
I, you know, would not doubt that you will see us get involved in assembly races. So that's kind of on my radar is assembly races, definitely legislative races. And then, of course, you know, there is always the potential in other states. Americans for Prosperity has got involved in the congressional races, right? So whether it's U.S. House, Senate, whatever that is. So you will definitely see us, Alaska will see us really putting ourselves on the map. Um, we intend to become quite influential in those areas in support of what those, you know, in support of whomever are those policy champions for Americans for Prosperity. So to that point, how do you make that decision about which candidates you're going to support? Because you are the state director, I would assume that you would have an awful lot of influence and you're gonna probably take the different candidates and kind of look to see how they line up with your goals or? Right, so we'll look at several things, right? I mean, ultimately, is this particular individual uh, lined with us ideologically, right? Are they headed in the same direction that we are when it comes to economic, when it comes to rolling back government regulation, when it comes to education reform? Are they with us in making sure that we are providing the best opportunities um, for everyday Alaskans? That's going to be the first and biggest thing that we look at. Are they a policy champion? And ultimately, what's going to guide us on the yes or no answer to that will be, what do they do during the legislative session, right? Um, what do those actions say? And I am far more interested in actions than I am in lip service or words or a questionnaire. So it will be interesting to see um, how they go, right? It's easy to say that you support something, but when the rubber meets the road, who is actually going to support and at the end of the day, cast their vote for the policies that in turn, um, you know, qualify them, so to speak, as a policy champion for Americans for Prosperity. That ultimately will decide who we support. That will be the biggest factor. And of course, as you know, Suzanne, with any race, um, you know, you look at, will we, do we have the ability to affect the change in that race, right? Do we have the ability to affect the outcome? Uh, is it a race where it's hands down that particular individual is going to win or is it hands down where that particular individual is not going to win, right? So when it comes to legislative races, there will be all of those factors that come into play. But ultimately, we will get involved in races where we know that we have a policy champion or we don't have a policy champion, right? Someone needs to go. And we feel that we can have an impact on that particular race so that we know that but you might also end up getting involved in in races, uh, you know, for for well, there's a, there's a number of districts around the state that are always going to be Democrat districts. I know that you're a conservative group, and and we get that and we honor that. But not everybody represents conservative districts, so you might at some point get involved in a race where you're picking somebody who's sort of the least horrible liberal there that's out there. Yeah, I mean, if they, like I say, I mean, if they align with us on policy, you know, Americans for Prosperity, and we've we've said this, and this is why I think Americans for Prosperity was such a great fit for me. We are not an appendage of the Republican Party. That's we correct. will work with anyone to do good. We will work with anyone to roll back regulation, right? We will work with anyone on education issues, on criminal justice reform, on healthcare reform. So if you're willing to work with us on those issues, I don't care what the letter is behind your name. Americans for Prosperity doesn't care what the letter is behind your name, right? And so that's a really important distinction is we are not an appendage of the Republican Party. So, you know, whether it's, well, we just have to keep a Republican there or you can't challenge anyone in a primary, that doesn't pertain in this situation. 
Um, it, it, you know, it will come straight down to values and votes. You know, one of the, be, go ahead, go ahead, John. One of the things I like about Americans for Prosperity is this sense of um, a grassroots organization. You, Americans for Prosperity does really well at organizing folks to knock on doors or make phone calls or those kinds of things. And over the last year or so, we've seen a tremendous amount of conservative parents show up to school board meetings, show up to assembly meetings. Are there going to be avenues in which folks like that could volunteer for Americans for Prosperity here in Alaska? And what do those look like? Yes, absolutely. So um, Americans for Prosperity, not only will we harness all of that energy, but AFP has this phenomenal program where they will actually help individuals who are community activists, they're grassroots leaders, and they will help them you know, kind of guide them on how is the best way to affect change, right? How is the best way to tell your story? How can you testify and kind of get, you know, more mileage for, for your time involved sort of thing? And so we will be hosting uh, a couple different training sessions for grassroots um, leaders here in the state. So we'll have something coming up, it looks like in January, we'll have something coming up in February. So our goal will be to if, if you are involved, if you want to get involved, our goal will be, let's show you how you can do that effectively. We will work to equip everyone with the best tools. So this isn't a, hey, let's just go door knock or hey, let's just go phone bank. It's we will help provide you those tools so that when you go do those things, whether it's because you know, it's an assembly candidate you support or a piece of legislation that you want to support or a piece of legislation you want to stop, our goal will be to really help community um, leaders and grassroots activists um, become trained and comfortable in those areas. So we, we will be starting with that at the beginning of the year, beginning of 2022. And then of course, you know, as the year goes on, there will be ample opportunities for people to get involved um, at, you know, different levels. Uh, depending on what's going on at that particular moment. So, so we're talking to Bernadette Wilson, who's the state director for Americas for Prosperity Alaska. And, and you've got a, a website there, I'm sure. It's yep. uh, afp.org or something. Yeah, and on Facebook, we're encouraging everyone, all of the local chapters. So AFP Alaska is our Facebook page here for okay. the state. I'm going to follow uh, you. Yeah, so that's a great place to go um, for information. We're just kind of getting everything up and going. And um, so if you don't see a whole lot there, we're, we're getting there. Yeah, you're getting uh, there. Well, let's talk a little bit about issues and what issues you, you might tackle this coming year, because I'm sure that now that you're, you're full-time with AFP, plus you also run your own business and you're, you're a, a full-time mom, so busiest one, you know, want something done, give it to a busy woman, you're, you are it. And so uh, you've got, you've got, we've talked about things like campaigns and candidates, but how about issues? Are there any issues that you could see working on this coming year? Yeah, so this coming year, Suzanne, when you look at Alaska, I mean, obviously, I don't think anyone can dispute that right now, education is a huge issue. Um, we have seen 
all all sorts of things come up. I mean, critical race theory that's being um, taught to our kids in their schools. We have seen some of the very graphic reading material that's come up. So when it comes to education, we will really be looking at education reform and how can we expand our opportunities for students that regardless of race, regardless of income, that they have more opportunities and opportunities that perhaps are a better fit for them, right? Maybe it's a trade school. Um, maybe it's an alternative learning program, you know, such as a homeschool pod or a charter school, a private school. So we will really be looking to partner with parents on this education journey for their kids. So we'll be, you know, reaching out all the moms and dads that are out there listening, uh, the grandparents, all of you that have friends that have friends whose kids are in school, um, reach out to us because we really will be looking to build those coalitions and those partnerships to say, okay, when it comes to education, Alaska, what can we do as a community to better equip our kids and to make sure that they have more opportunities um, as they, you know, go, whether they're in elementary school, junior high, high school, whatever it is, like I said, the trade school. So we'll be focusing a lot on education, healthcare is another big one. You know, COVID has really uh, shined a light kind of into some very dark holes in our yeah. healthcare system. Uh, you, you know, we have seen things, people have asked the question, there's a shortage of hospital beds. Why are we not, you know, why are these hospitals not expanding their bed capacity? We've had people ask, why are doctors, you know, not allowed to order this equipment? And so those are all things that Americans for Prosperity, we can address those particular concerns by looking at certificate of need. We will do that. And I guarantee you, Suzanne, in this next session, we will fight tooth and nail as we look at certificate of need. Anything that is included in there is very specific concerns that the public has brought forth. It's everything we're talking about, right? I mean, how many times, you know this, I mean, we see all the comments on on social media about the bed shortages and the equipment shortages. Most people don't realize all of those things are regulated with certificate of need, through certificate right. of need. So if we can roll that back, we will be making huge advancements in healthcare. I think um, most Alaskans right now have been in absolute shock to learn in the last year that you are not guaranteed an advocate to be by your side if you get admitted to the hospital. We have spouses that are sitting back in awe, in, in just shock. kind of numb. It oh. is. <laughs> it's shock and awe. They are completely numb to the fact that what do you mean my spouse is in the hospital and I can't be with them? What do you mean, you know, my my grandfather passed away and I couldn't be by his bedside? And so as we look forward, um, you know, we we intend to support a bill that will basically guarantee that you can have an advocate by your side, you know, a patient advocacy bill so that what so many of us thought was law uh, we look forward to actually making sure that it's law. I mean, look at all the stories that we've heard. Look at how many people are in the hospital with no one to advocate for them. They're dying by themselves. We hear that hospital staff is overwhelmed, but yet we're not letting any family member to be by their side or to kind of help care for them, right? To alert right. hospital staff if they need something. So that will be another big issue that we will be pushing forward very, very hard. You will see us just come out 90 miles well, an hour. 
That and certificate of need, I think, probably have some bipartisan support, actually, both of those things, the the advocacy for patients, the, the number of patients that have been in the hospital and after they're past the infectious stage where they're no longer in, in, infectious with COVID, but they still have severe lung, dis, lung damage, maybe they're on a respirator or so forth, and they're still not letting the family, the the an appointed person from the family or their their close friend or an uncle, somebody come in and stay with them and, and t- help take care of them, which many times people can be very, you know, very good about alerting the medical staff to something that's going on that the staff might not have seen. I've seen this with my own eyes that, you know, with, with a family member there, you get better care, you get um, more attentive care as well. And so that's a good thing. I think we've got a lot of people who are Democrats who agree with that. Certificate of need, I know that might make a lot of people's head, eyes roll back in their head, but it's a really important thing. It means that uh, if we could remove government regulation on these hospitals, they could expand to you know, have more beds and more equipment and more staff. And so um, that is a certainly worthwhile. Now I know that Sarah Vance, Representative Sarah Vance of Homer, had one of these bills that she put in last year to to make it so that hospitals couldn't keep out your loved one. That you could have an advocate with you, and um, it didn't pass. Didn't get past committee. She introduced it as a as an amendment on a bill in September that she tried to work it into an amendment on a hospital bill. And and basically she ended up crashing the whole bill because there are some people who really don't want uh, family members to be able to come in. They want doctors and and hospitals to control the environment entirely. So that might be something that I talked to Sarah Vance recently and she said she will be introducing that bill again. As a standalone bill, yeah. And our, you know, with, with Americans for Prosperity, what I can say is this, I, of course, you know, I was born and raised here, been here my whole life, followed politics as long as I can remember. And I think the number one message that, you know, we want to get out to the public that I want to share with individuals is that we hear your concerns. We see these concerns. We agree with you. No one should be dying alone in a hospital. And no individual should have to watch their spouse or their parent or, God forbid, their child pass away in a hospital or be in any type of critical care, even if it's not necessarily life-threatening. They shouldn't be going through that alone. And I don't care what your party affiliation is. All of us should be able to agree that this is a basic, very basic level of human decency. Yeah. And I think it's called a, in other places, it's called the NOLA, the No One Left Alone Act. And, and, and I, I know that Oklahoma just passed. I looked, did a little research on that recently and um, Oklahoma passed one and it's going into effect in December. None of this was necessary before COVID, but COVID has really shown us that we don't have the rights that we thought we had. It has. It's really has just shown this bright light into this dark corner. Um, I mean, I know so many people that didn't realize they didn't have that right. And we're seeing it and it's happening, Suzanne, every day. I mean, you know, Mustard Alaska did a phenomenal job of covering some of these stories. And as you know, I mean, they pour in. There's everyone knows someone, it seems, that has been in the hospital in critical care. Some have passed away. Um, Some you know, by the grace of God have pulled through. And it's not just because they're there for COVID. It doesn't matter what they're there for, right? That loved one should be allowed to get in that hospital. It should not be up to the doctor to dictate if they think 
that either you're worthy enough to come in or that your loved one is worthy enough to be able to have an advocate there. That, sh- that is just a common sense bill. So we yeah. look forward to supporting that. We look forward to linking arms with all Alaskans, like I said, regardless of party affiliation. Let's get this done. Let's help these families out and send a message to all of our neighbors that we're here. We're going to support you through this and we're going to figure out how we get this done. As dysfunctional as our legislature can be, I am hell bent that we get this done for Alaskans. This is the least we can do for Alaskans. Well, you, they've got the right person in charge over there at Americans for Prosperity Alaska, and I really appreciate that. And um, John, do you have any other questions for our wonderful guest, Bernadette Wilson? Yeah, Bernadette, let's say we're a year from now. What a, What's one thing or one or two things that you have hoped to accomplish in that year uh, looking back? So, um, well, like we were just talking, this this bill, the patient advocacy bill, John, I hope that when we're sitting here from a year from now, I hope that when we're sitting here six months from now, that we are sitting here talking about how phenomenal it was that people of both sides of the political aisle, that the entire community came together to advocate for those that are ill Um what, like I say, whether it's because of COVID or they're critically ill for something else. So I really hope to see advancement on that. Um, and I hope to see that in six months, not even in a year. I hope that, you know, the people here on the ground, if you're going to an assembly member, to an assembly meeting, if you volunteered with Dave Bronson, if you want to get involved in legislative races, come to our training. It's not going to cost you a penny. Let's show that we can have a good turnout at these couple events and get that done. Um, certificate of need. I'm kind of bouncing all around on you, but certificate of need. I hope that we roll back these regulations to allow our hospitals, let's allow our medical professionals to provide and expand as needed without government interfering. There's no reason the government should be interfering in this. So again, I hope to see even in six months that we have advanced that and that I don't care what your your party affiliation is. Again, those are those are a couple things, you know, three things between both of those pieces of legislation and then on the grassroots side that I think we can all come together on. It's time to have a little bit of unity in this community. And uh, let's work together on those three big aspects. So hopefully we will see big accomplishments in those three areas, John. Well, thank you so much, Bernadette, for being on our show today. Boy, that was the fastest half hour that I think we just set a land speed record for for our podcast. Uh, I love working with you guys. You're a great team here at Mustard Alaska. Thanks to Bernadette. We'll see you again on our show. And if you're a supporter of Mustard Alaska, thank you so much. It makes it all possible for us to keep standing up for what's right here in Alaska. Happy Thanksgiving to everybody. Stay safe out there. Be sure to get that turkey out of the freezer today or uh, you might live to regret it. And of course, if you always want to support Must Read Alaska, hit that donate button at the right side of the page. We really appreciate your support. Helps us stay strong here. And we will see you soon here on the Must Read Alaska show. 